Welcome back to Jokerman. Uh, again, the last, uh, basically, kind of the last episode about a Bob Dylan record. For unless he puts out a new one, because we've talked about all of them. Well, we've got one. Well, we got one more to hit. What's that? Blonde on Blonde. Oh right. Yeah. Well, but that one yeah. doesn't count because that's not part of the official Jokerman canon. Right. It's but, you know in the. Before years. That one sucks. It's not worth talking about, really. Yeah. Like a prequel to the main event. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that, that's just the basic stuff. You know, the, the deep lore behind the, the headline show, what everyone's really here for, which is track 16 through yeah. 30 of Triplicate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome back. I'm Ian. Uh, Evan here. And we're joined once again by Ray. Ray, welcome back. Thank you for continuing to uh uh spend your valuable time uh talking about um songs like there's a flaw in my flu and here's that rainy day with us no better way to spend it uh this is the part of the show where we normally talk about the covers uh we've talked about the covers the front and the back covers uh by the time you listen to this you will have heard the stupidest episode of the show you've ever that we've ever recorded um if you're you, Patreon, you always say that uh, I, I know, but we keep just setting new records for the depths of stupidity. An hour and 15 minutes on the back covers. Of the oh, oh, yeah, no, that was, that was up there. <laughs> uh, subscribe on Patreon for great content like that. Um, anyways, we have made our uh, love for the cover of the Triplicate LP uh, quite clear. I stand fully by it in the top, uh, I think it was top five, top six, something like that. Uh, Ray, do you, do you think the cover of Triplicate is good or bad? I would say uh, good, but certainly not top five or six good. Wow. I like it. It's classy. I think it's one of those things where, like, it really works well in a physical format. Like, it it's looks shiny. Just, it looks amazing. Yeah, you know? it is. It looks it is really, shiny. really Beautiful. fancy. On you know uh, streaming or whatever, it's fine. It says the album name. It's legible. You know, yeah. it, I don't think it really comes across there as well. But That's it does. Fair. It does look real. I do like the simplicity of it. Yeah, which, so which I think is yeah, it's, it's just as simple as the music. There's uh, a um, I just was looking up earlier. There's a like Frank Sinatra compilation that was released after this album came out. And I think it's called Love in Triplicate or something. And it's all the it's all the Frank versions of these songs. Incredible. And it's got wow. the same. But and they really went deep. It's got the same lettering, like the same font. As that kind of like scripty, triplicate. like yeah, medieval looks, looking kind of font. Looks amazing. Yeah. Wow serendipity out there um yeah this is the album though the cover's fine but this more importantly this is the album maybe this is what you were talking about where like there's that amazing photo of him next to the convertible and like there's a young woman in the convertible and he's like leaning on it all casual i mean that that should have been the cover that would be a top five cover i love that picture yeah we we got to post those on uh, the instagram because people have seen the triplicate cover but they might not have seen the interior shots this picture also absolutely just spectacular phenomenal yeah. like just look at look at that man's face yeah it's a very good shot it's what just face. like a glossy it's like a headshot uh he's wearing a tuxedo and he's got very, like film noir with the heavy shadows exactly and black and white ominous yeah and he's got these like three he's got these three buttons on uh on the sleeve there that's Are uh, they like dice i don't i can't really what tell they, they look very they do look kind of intricate like bejeweled or something Oh, I love he this looks, picture. He looks really cool. Yeah, he looks he looks swag. Anyway, we should get into the uh, music here. Um, yes. we, got, we got lots of exciting material to cover. 
if you like slow and sad. Well, it uh, you know it it uh, it serves the mood sometimes. What uh, do we got here? Day in, day out. <laughs> day in, day out. No, the best is yet to come. Oh right, we still are on disc two, huh? <laughs> yeah, oh my god. <laughs> Uh, well, the best is yet to come. <laughs> uh, everyone knows this song. Everyone likes it, and it's a good version. The best is yet to come. Apparently, the best is yet to come is written on Sinatra's gravestone. Really? Really? Yeah, that's all it says. Like Frank Sinatra, years. The best is yet to come. I love that. That is interesting. Uh, I, you know, I hope he's right about it. He is Catholic, so I guess he would believe that the best is yet to wow. come, wouldn't he? You've got to believe that the best is yet to come. Absolutely. Sometimes. You we know. should all be so lucky. You know, even even if it uh is clear that it won't be that case. <laughs> you gotta believe. You gotta be- you just gotta believe. Yeah. This is this is one of those that was in this interview we keep referencing. Um it's one of the few, one of the ones I wrote down because I thought it was good. He said Bob said, uh, the best is yet to come could be both a threat and a promise. The lyrics sort of insinuate, even though it's falling down, a better one is always in its place. The song kind of levitates itself. You don't have to do much to get it off the ground. He said that, that. a threat? A threat and a promise. And a promise. Wow. Phenomenal. The guy has a, w- a way with words, you know. Uh, he's He's got a, the guy, the man. Uh, next is a song I... I think is really sweet, and I have to say, I think this next song is um, kind of like sums up this album for me. Really? Uh, yeah, I think it's kind of like the thesis statement of this whole record, and that's "But Beautiful." But beautiful. Um, it's uh, I don't have the lyrics right in front of me, but it's like love is love funny is, or it's sad, or it's, or it's quiet, or it's, or it's mad, or it's. It's a good thing. It's a good thing, or it's bad. Or it's bad. But beautiful. But beautiful. I, I really feel like that is what this record is all about. Like, every song is, is one of those. Every song is about how love is funny, or it is sad, or it is beautiful, or it is, uh, well, or it is good, or it is bad, uh, rather. But it, it is always beautiful, because it always uh, sounds nice on the record. Beautiful. Well said. Uh, thank you. <laughs> but I do. I'm. I'm not even uh, being. I know. I, I, I think I, no, it yeah, is. I, I. I. I see what you're saying here. I, and I think that uh, you're totally right about that. Like I think even even these songs on here that are like really just like heartrendingly like just misery, looking into the black abyss sort of things. Like there is a there is a sense of like sort of. Um, uh, you know, beauty to them, or like appreciation for like even the ability to feel this way. You know, better to have loved and yeah. lost than to have never loved at all, sort of thing. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, there's there's something kind of um, um, uh, un unsaid or um, um, uh, appreciated, even when you know you're singing through the tears, sort of thing. Well, it's implied that just the fact that he's putting these songs together and it keeps going back and forth like relentlessly right if you are feeling sad and you're listening to this album you you will notice which ones are sad and which ones aren't in a big way and the fact that they all kind of have this sadness to them is something that jumps out or is revealed and i feel like this song uh is is one that kind of steps out and breaks that fourth wall a little Mm -hmm. bit of what this record has been doing and uh, kind of shows the hand, but kind of saying, "This is, this is about 
the human experience. That's what this record is about. It's yeah. about loss and love. and It's for the man uh, on the street. It's for the man on the street, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's for, for, for men. <laughs> uh, this, is one, this is one for the boys. Um, yeah. And uh, just like that, we've got... Uh, and here's, here's to that rainy day. Here's that rainy day. <laughs> so this is, uh, this is kind of like, I guess I'll have to change my plans. This is uh, another one where you realize that you're... Uh, your heart is about to be uh, shattered. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Johnny Carson's favorite song. Interesting. Would, like always have people playing it on the Tonight Show, including there's a video online of um, Paul Williams playing it in his Planet of the Apes makeup. So wow. it's like a straightforward, beautiful cover of Here's That Rainy Day, performed by a guy dressed up as Virgil in, in Planet Plastic of the Apes. Ape. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta look that up. Worth, uh, and yeah, and when uh, when Carson died, apparently the his like old musical director Doc whatever played it on the Tonight Show in tribute. Wow, this was wow, Johnny's song. That. Yeah, that's really sweet. Uh, I mean, I see why it would be his favorite. This is like I, this is also one of my favorites on the um, on the record. I think the band really kind of kills it on this, like that that really gentle, warm way that it kind of starts, um, and then and then towards the end, like Bob kind of. You know, we talked on the last episode about how, like, this is really about him delivering the music and there isn't a whole lot of soloing or anything. And there isn't exactly soloing on this song, but there is a moment where he sort of steps back and he lets the band kind of come to the forefront and give you this sort of sense of... It's funny how love a something foreboding or, or melancholy or something um it's a really nice kind of delicate you know it's a good way to end the song and, and kind of deliver a little bit more drama than it is uh, or than him just reciting the words you know yeah it's a good one love it mm-hmm. where is the one where is the one <laughs> this is this is one speaking of at the beginning of the last episode we were talking about with that list i made back in when this came out of the songs this one for reasons i could not explain i just hated when it came out it's really? like you know near the end of my list and i'm listening to it this is probably the biggest change where i'm listening to it now i'm like yeah this is great what was my problem with where is the one in 2017 <laughs> this is, this is like such a hot f- garbage <laughs> this is such a funny one to be like this is the worst song on this know, just this random three minutes. like 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 the change my plans like at least it's like somewhat different so like you can sort of see how it would work or not and it works for you it doesn't work for me fine but like this is like so similar to so many of the other songs i don't know why i picked out on it for special scorn yeah but i you you said something when we did the Fallen Angels episode, Evan. I forget what song it was about, but you were like, "Boy, when you get to this song, you know that you are just in yeah, the you're middle in of the listening weeds. to Fallen Angels." <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way about I where feel is that, the one. <laughs> yeah, that's that's happening here. I 
when I when you mentioned it, I kind of was my eyes glazed over for a second because I don't really remember where is the one that much. If uh, it's like you're not you're not close enough. You're 19 songs in. You're not really close enough to the end to like. You no. Know, imagine you're running a race. You're like just over halfway. It's absolutely the worst part. Of the yeah. yeah. Uh, there's one so, thing we can say about Where's the One? It is absolutely the 19th song yeah, on, on Bob Dylan's 2017 album, Triplicate. Uh, but the, the 20th song. Oh, yeah. boy. Oh, brother. Uh, that's that's a little ditty. That's, there's a flaw in my flu. This is this is it. This is as good as, up to this. This is as good as it gets for me. Like, this is probably my favorite song in the, certainly on the record. And really, out of the entire standards um, uh, collection, Are I think you it's kidding? just no. Really? I, yes, this is like I, I might be. I might be a little overexcited because I've just been listening to <laughs> ninety minutes of Triplicate nonstop for the last three weeks because we've had to reschedule this episode three times. Um, I think it's amazing. Uh, I think the lyric is so like fun. It's like funny. The well, my title flu has is funny. a flaw. But it's also got like this incredible sense of like actual kind of emotional resonance to it. I don't know. It's just such a, uh, it's such a perfect mixture of like fun and levity, but also like absolutely heartrending, end of the world kind of depression. And it's a very, it's a genuinely like rare, weird, obscure song. Deep. deep cut. This is as deep of a cut as you can get. Uh, this is a fireplace themed song <laughs> it's a chimney it, theme it's, it's, it's a chimney, song about a man with a fucked up chimney <laughs> chimney themed music uh you know there's a flaw in my flu i i didn't even realize what that meant when i like first saw that this i, I kind of had to think about it for my flu mm-hmm. i just don't use a um fireplace often enough uh, that I think about the flu. No, listen to you. You, you, your uh, home is hot enough that you don't need to use a flu. You, you, you don't have a. Uh, you might have a flaw in your flu. It doesn't even matter to you, Mister Mister Monopoly over there. Yeah. Well, speaking of the the <laughs> chimney, this is another one Bob talks about in that interview. We keep referencing with Bill Flanagan because because Flanagan asks him like, so this is basically like a comedy song, right? Right. And Bob and Bob like just basically says no, but then at the end of this long thing about I'm explaining why it's not a comedy song. He says, sure, it's a romantic ballad, but I don't think it can be dismissed that easily. A fire in the fireplace could burn your place down. He's so got something how, there. Uh, that's how Bob takes uh But of course, and then he compares it to the Mona Lisa. It's like, I'm pretty sure he's just, I'm pretty sure he's just adding on to the comedy. It's like, obviously it's a funny song. <laughs> yes, I, okay. I actually, I do actually have this pulled up right in front of me. Um, what gives this, this is Bob speaking about Flaw in My Flume. What gives this song life and what all those other songs lack is an exquisite melody which intertwines with the words perfectly. I've seen images in my fireplace too. Yeah, it's about thought, seeing the, your beloved's face in the in the fire. In the beautiful embers. Yeah. Um, I've always thought that line in My Funny Valentine, Are You Smart, is a goofy line. I kind of look at it this way. The melody in this song is kind of like the background in the Mona Lisa a mystical, phantasmagorical fantasy wow. land. To me, that's the real painting, like a science fiction world. To the person, the, the person looking at me is just a face. I can't tell if she's smiling or sneering. She has no particular spiritual nature. I'm not even convinced she's a woman, but I'm captivated by the background, the melody. 
it's kind of like this song where you might see that there is a flaw in my flu and not look past it or hear past it. I think it's a great song, not goofy at all. Wow. That is spectacular. <laughs> that, that's amazing. We're going to have to get uh, 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 Peter to weigh in on this. Uh, uh, and, I, and tell I have us- to say, I agree about the background being my favorite part of the Mona Lisa. It is I have cool. never even like looked at the background. Is it, what, what is the background? It's just kind of like vague and hazy. Um, it, it is not real looking. It's sort of uh, dreamlike. I, I see what he's saying here, what Bob's saying. <laughs> the phantasmagoric nature of the backing music of There's a Flaw, There's a flaw in My flaw Flu. There's a Flaw in My Flu, yeah. <laughs> uh, I love this shit, man. This rocks. Day in, day out. Okay, we're swinging again. We're having a good time. Day in, day out. They all up. They all up. These up tempo, up tempo horn numbers. This one swings. It really is um, putting some blood back in my face. You know. We're having a good time here. I, I was listening to this earlier today, and I was thinking to myself, like, this is the kind of music, like, if you, like, ever see videos of, like, old-timey people dancing, and they're doing, like, this kind of thing, like, with the finger pointing up in the air, yeah. and kind of just, yes. like, but, like, this is the song you're listening when you're dancing, like, like this. On uh, those horns. Ah, oh, it's so much fun. Come yeah, it sounds, rain. It's pitch perfect. It sounds just like what it's supposed to sound Come like. Come shine. And he's not doing that thing. I mean, it's refreshing to hear song like this where the person singing isn't kind of like hamming it up it's just uh he's he's just doing it you know he's, he's saying day, it day in day out but he's he's not like thrusting these words at you like you so often get with a with a crooner doing a sort of big band brassy number like this right where they'd be like day in a day out. Yeah, yeah. You can hear, you can literally, when Bob, hear, when Bob sings that, you can hear Frank doing that and delivering it that exact way. All about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I see what you mean by thrusting. Yeah. He's just kind of saying it. it. It's it's really one of the, the great things about this record, it's even on the higher energy ones. He doesn't overwhelm the song. I couldn't sleep a wink last night. Mm. Um, this one's actually more of a a love song than it is a heartbreak song. I would yeah. say because it's about how you don't you're thinking about how you 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 had a terrible fight and or a silly fight rather. It's the about, second appearance of the word silly on Triple Kit. Yeah, it's about not wanting to uh, end things on a bad note because you care. So far, I think disc one is winning for saddest. We're only two songs in, but uh, that's a good point. I told you, disc three's got to go downhill fast. We're, it's, it's listen, we're gonna, one. we're getting, we're getting to it here by the end of this. Uh, there was a uh, Sinatra's version of this. It's worth listening to because apparently, when he went to record it, there was a musician strike, and so they couldn't get any actual band members. So he just recorded it like with an acapella group, and I kind of wish. I like I like it fine on the on triplicate, but I kind of wish Bob had copied that arrangement. Just had Tony and Charlie and all around the mic doing an acapella backing. Boy, 
that would have, <laughs> that would have really mixed it up. <laughs> that would have been something. Uh, once again, it, would think. not, yeah, would not put it past him. Next, we've got "Sentimental Journey," a song I've never really cared for. I don't know. Really? Okay. I Why mean, don't you care for it? I don't know. I don't have anything against it. It's just like gonna go on a sentimental journey. <laughs> it's a little know. literal. It's too literal for my taste. A little bit. Is it's this like a song where he's called like. This- like I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have a beautiful song now. Yeah, it's a song uh, that kind of like you know the, this music. The music itself sort of sends you on a sentimental journey listening to it. And now here is a song literally called "Sentimental Journey," talking about how you are going to go on a sentimental. Yeah, journey. It's, like, it's like but beautiful. It's like meta. It's like zooming out and like narrating. Yeah, here's right. Yeah. yeah. Here's it's what's like, happening as you like, listen to uh, this album. It's like, I love that friggin' memory. That's what he's saying. He's like, that's such a good memory. I'm going to have, I'm going to think about this memory later on, just so you know. Uh, I'm going to sit down and think about some memories now. Bob um, says that this is, uh, uh, once again, quoting from the interview, uh, some people would call triplicate nostalgic. Bob says, nostalgic? No, I wouldn't say that. It's not taking a trip down memory lane. He says this about a song that's literally about taking a trip down memory lane. <laughs> Um, uh, or longing and yearning for the good old days or fond memories of what's no more. A song like Sentimental Journey is not a way back when song. It doesn't emulate the past. It's attainable and down to earth. It's in the here and now. And I do yeah. actually think that he has something there and maybe not specifically towards this song, like most of all, but I do think that so for much the man of this on music, the street. Yeah. honestly literally is like kind of about the condition of the man or the person on the street it's about um, the human condition we've said this so many times through other other covers records too right that it's it's not they're old songs but he's that doesn't mean they're about the past they're about <laughs> things that have always been true right and what's a shame is that you know, or I mean, not a shame necessarily, but what's maybe ironic is like it is about the person on the street and their condition in their life. And this music can have such, uh, you know, speak to them so directly uh, and so many people so directly because these are really universal kind of concepts and emotions and experiences. Uh, but, <laughs> but it is standards music sung by Bob Dylan in 2017. In other words, the least attractive music imaginable <laughs> to your average person on the street. Uh, there's something there's something very delicious and funny about that. But the I person do think on the streets th- going like Buble or something. Yeah, or, or Rod Stewart. Those exactly. sold like a gajillion, way they, more than any yeah, of Bob's records of sold. They're listening to the uh, the Lady Gaga Tony uh, Tony Bennett uh, duet record. Um, I do think that these records are going to be with us for a very long time, and that they're only going to grow in stature, uh, you know, into the future. Um, and that, uh, you know, some of the folks who sort of turn their nose up at, uh, at this era and, and project of Bob's at this moment in time will uh, come to appreciate it a little bit more. Yeah, that's our stump speech about these, and I'm glad you fit it in because we have to say it at least once in one of these episodes. If we you, are here. If you think that they're, these are unimportant records, uh, you're wrong. You're wrong. Wrong. Also, also, Rough and Rowdy Ways doesn't, which everyone agrees is an important record, that doesn't exist without these, especially in terms of his, his vocals. There it is, 100%. Yeah. Uh, this next song uh, is one of my favorites. Somewhere along the way. Yeah. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah, I, I've grown to really like it. I just love that uh, opening melody. 
I used to walk with you. Mm. It's so, I don't know. It's a, it's hits a perfect tone, um, for me. It's just great song. Yeah, this one like we're getting towards the sad material. Oh, at this, this point. is sad. Yeah, it, it, there is like sort of a like a, a sense of like yeah wistful or like um, acceptance to this whole thing. You mm-hmm. know, you'll always be a part of me. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's clearly you know we're starting we're starting to to see some uh, stormy weather, so to speak. I love the uh, the last the, like the little last bit on this where everything else I mean it's minimal to begin with, but everything else comes out and it's just him and Donnie Heron. Who I said in the last episode, like I think is the star of this thing. Mm-hmm. It's literally just like a duet between Bob's voice and Donnie's steel guitar. That someday soon I'll find you. Somewhere along the for me like is you know what makes these album this album so special yeah yeah it's about how how could i know uh i'd lose you somewhere along the way you know it's just things happen changes things have changed we might say and the bridge is so great too um i start remembering everything Mm. it's so pretty the melody of the whole through the whole thing it's just a really strong song yeah definitely definitely the 24th song on triplicate all right next is when the world was young when the world was young what do you think about that imagine that what do you think about the world being young being young this one's funny. I like this. This one is like a really kind of hammy song to me. He's mm-hmm. singing about being a boulevard deer in the streets of Paris, <laughs> having a drink and a smoke and a laugh and all the girls in the club and stuff. Like this is uh, uh, this is one that almost feels like, I don't know the history of really any of these songs, but it like, and I'm sure this is not the case, but it feels like something that you could have pulled out of like a, um, you know, musical or, or a stage performance of some sort. Like it seems like something that's yeah, singing it does seem like My stage. Fair Lady or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, I don't know about this one. A number of them are. I think there's like three songs from South Pacific on here, uh, but I don't think really? I don't think this no, is one South of them. South Pacific yeah. has. Um, we talked about South Pacific. Yeah, before, some Enchanted we? Evening. Yeah, that's right. Um, and it's got one on this. It has a. Yeah, I wrote down. This? This, this nearly was mine. Oh, that's this an, nearly was South mine. Pacific from, too. That's from South Pacific. I don't know. I don't really know South Pacific, but I was looking up the origins. Apparently, it's a great, uh, great musical in terms of just like being chock full of songs like that. Like some really great songs are in there. It's just like about World War Two, and it's like, it's kind of, I don't know. It's it's a <laughs> '50s musical. Did you ever? Uh, I was never in a production of it. No, never in it. As as the but stage I saw actor. it at the Hollywood Bowl, uh, like the like a sort of production of it, like like the concert version, and I remember liking that a lot. Sure, as a, fair. As a kid, when the uh, world was young, it's good. I like, I like it. Well, it's like it's like what we were saying about certain songs. A lot of these, in fact, you probably 
they wouldn't have worked so well if you recorded them in the 70s or even 80s like you know i put, I put this one kind of like september of my years like mm-hmm. just in terms of i think the weight of being whatever he was 70 some odd when he's singing this i think that's sort of what puts it across yeah absolutely wherever i go i'm glad that i came um these foolish things uh i mean this one's very a special song right i i think i've i've always thought this song was really nice anywhere i've ever heard it looks like an ella fitzgerald uh uh song that um yeah or yeah this song's this is one of the all-time great love songs as far as i'm concerned it's it's a classic this is a uh this is the third straight song from a one one Frank Sinatra album this size, uh, final capital album, uh, Point of No Return. Bob, who knows? Maybe it's a coincidence, but I think it's interesting that like Bob has taken a whole chunk of songs from this one particular album and put them all together uh, on the on the third disc. I I suspect he knows what he's doing there. Absolutely, yeah. I think he's uh, you know all of these all of these secret codes <laughs> that he's putting into the music. Uh, that we're decoding like AJ Weberman. I think he, he is absolutely all completely true. We should get we should get Weberman's take on uh, on Triplicate. Um, interestingly, also covered by Brian Ferry on one of his cover records. Um, uh, or no, excuse me. These foolish things is the debut solo album of Brian Ferry. Um, that I don't know if it has these foolish things on there, but it's funny that. Obviously, Ferry has also done so many Bob covers. He put out the whole uh, Dylan-esque uh, record. Yeah, this song ends on these foolish things. Or excuse me, this record ends on these oh. foolish things. I Begins think Ferry with, does the next does the next song too. If we're doing the if Ferry does, I what's the next song? You you go to my head. You go to my head. Yeah, I, I would. Maybe, I would maybe there's so. a we're going from the that Capital album block to Bob doing Brian Ferry covers of Sinatra block. Yeah, it's just funny that, you know, Ferry has covered Bob before and then covered this song and then Bob covering this song, which Ferry had also, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's it's all in the family. Uh, Good song, These Foolish Things. Isn't this uh, come at the end of Manhattan? Isn't he, like, on, isn't he thinking? You would know the answer to that question much better than I. I feel like it's in a Woody movie, and I can't remember. It certainly, it sounds like the kind of move, uh, excuse me, uh, the kind of song that would be in a Woody movie. Yeah. Comes at the end of Rifkin's Festival. Yeah. (laughs) We haven't dropped the Rifkin's Festival reference in a while. Yeah. I guess I missed it when I was in theaters, but I saw, I've seen it several times. I, (laughs) my God. (laughs) Twice. (laughs) Um, What's, what's next? These, These foolish, foolish things. things remind me of Rifkin. Uh, I uh, mean, after... Oh, excuse me. You go to my head. Uh, yeah. Love you this one. Head. These are all kind of banger classics, you know, like the last few. This or, one, uh, we mentioned. Two. I mentioned Brian Ferry, but Chuck Berry, his final album. Brian Ferry, Chuck of, Berry. Yeah, includes a version of You Go to My Head when, you know, recording. He was 80 or something. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Remember that thing about Chuck Berry that he got in trouble for? Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> you go to my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well, um, 
I hope the aliens never find that uh, golden disc we shot into space that only has Chuck Berry on it because uh, they're going to cancel the entire human race. Speaking of do. that, we should just put this into space. Let's <laughs> put triplicate into space. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're it's sending good. this into it's the Andromeda music, galaxy. You, know? you, know, if you need a couple extra rockets. It's a, it's a heavy set. Yeah, all those three, three discs. Yeah, 180 gram discs. It's uh, you definitely need a little uh, extra booster fuel. Honestly, if we're gonna if we're going to try to represent the human race as best we possibly can to you know you the all powerful aliens, I I don't think you could do any better. Like this is I would I would be be thrilled to put this across to the uh, you know to the nebulous ca- clouds of gas fleeing yeah. around the universe. You know this is this is as good as it gets. It's for the man on the street. It's for the alien, he just you know on the on the street. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you go to my head is a classic song that I can never remember much. Is it a classic song? Yeah, I just I, think I it's one of the more covered songs on this. This is I one see. of the super deep cuts. It just doesn't stick with me so much. I'll be honest. Bob, in that this interview, let me see. He praised. He singled out the line from this as one of his favorites. Uh, the line is, the thrill of the thought that you might give a thought to my plea. That's a good line. Yeah. Sort of sounds thrill. like a bot. Like, thrill of the thought. Yeah. Th- th- there's a sort of a, you know, kind of getting tangled up or like running over itself uh, degree of lyricism there. You know, a lot of assonance and consonants. It sounds like something that Bob himself could have uh, could have written. Yeah. The thrill of the thought that you might give a thought to my plea. Composed by J. Frederick Coots. It's a Coots joint. We love we love we love Coots. Next we uh, got uh, Stardust. <laughs> it's like one of the best songs ever written. Uh, maybe top ten, right? Right. Do we, think that's, do we think this is the most famous song on this whole set? Like, is, is this? It, is it more famous in September? Uh, I think mm. it's definitely more famous in Probably. September. Interesting. I don't know. As time goes by, might be more f- the most famous. Best yeah, is yet, best is yet to come. Yeah, that's Hard one to that say they just the, play it. What's the most famous? Yeah, uh, but Stardust is just uh, one of one of the most famous songs for a reason. It's so good, and it's the title track of that Willie album that inspired yeah. him to do this like thirty years before he did. Yeah. Oh, this is another Hoagie Carmichael joint. It is Hoagie, yeah. I didn't realize. It's Hoagie Carmichael. We love Hoagie on this boat. Yeah. Uh, uh, what was what was the one from Fallen Angels that was a Hoagie Carmichael song? Old Buttermilk Sky, oh, right? Old Buttermilk Sky, <laughs> yeah. But I think that this one I, I knew was Hoagie. And I, uh, you big Hoagie head. Well, I, I, yeah, this song. So, yeah. Yeah, I like Hoagie too. This is also in a Woody movie. (laughs) It's in um. Well, there's there's the movie Stardust Memories. Stardust Memories, yeah. Yeah. I would assume that it's in that. Yeah, so good. Beside the garden wall, I love the lyrics to this. It's like I don't know. This song just is so beautiful and pretty. It's perfect. Perfect song. Great song. Bob's voice a little little thin on this one. He's getting a little uh. A little tired, which you know, not a bad thing necessarily. But then you know, he's, he's singing a lot of songs here. You'd be tired too if you sang ninety-five minutes worth of this music. We are coming down to the last two songs, which, <laughs> which, which just fuck you up, I guess, because yep. uh, they're yeah. both, they're both just 
pretty bitter lyrically. They're they're sad. This is where it just takes a takes a it dive takes a off dive. the cliff. It goes <laughs> it goes like twenty thousand feet down in one second. It is just uh, this song. It's uh, funny to everyone but me. Brutal, um, <laughs> bleak. It's funny. It's funny how you loved me and forgot so suddenly. It's funny to everyone but me. Uh, uh, maybe like the like these songs are not. This song's like a nightmare. This song is like yeah. so nightmarish. Well, I feel like a lot of these... his back that he that is he got left by his. It's so so sad and scary. A lot of these songs, I think, like. They make the sadness feel like profound, you know, yeah. like think like in the wee small hours or something or right. like, sure, you're incredibly bummed out, but like it feels like deep and meaningful. Yeah. You know, like like a rich emotional experience. Yeah, so you like almost enjoy sky. it a little bit. Yeah. 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 This one is like this one. And, and honestly, the first song, I guess I'll have to change my plans. They they do kind of have take on a mocking, like almost cruel quality because of how sad they are and how. Um, upbeat or like, uh, yeah. oh shucks! I guess my life be- is over. It's being yeah, it's being like pretty brutal to yourself or you know the singer yeah. of the song. It's so funny. I still love you. It's the joke of the century. It's yeah. funny to everyone but me. <laughs> it's fucking harsh, man. It is intense. It, this is this guy needs uh, support. He needs to do things for himself now. And he's he gotta... needs to do. This is a man in need of self care. He needs to, you know, sit on the couch, turn on the Netflix, order a pizza pie. No, he's uh, got to get up off the couch. He's got to go outside. He's got to. Uh, oh, all right. Uh, he's got to. He's got to start. Get the endorphins uh, running again. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, the next song. <laughs> the last song. Is uh, just the sequel to that song. Another, another cheery number. It's uh, a, a great song, though. Uh, I think one of the best on the here. Um, Perfect note to end on. Why was I born? Why was I born? Why am I living? What do I get? To love you is the is what he says. Yeah. But why why was I born? It's you know it's so talk about profound sadness. It's it's just kind of like I give up. Like why why me <laughs> why why did I have to feel this way? Like well, I, I can't think that, help it. That lyric, you, "Why was I born to love you?" I think that's a line he used in in "Someday Baby" off of um. What's it off Modern Times, right? Mm. I think he borrowed he borrowed this uh, line years before he covered the song. That sounds right. Yeah. 
Yeah, he just doesn't even... He doesn't even know anymore. It's so. just about why do I have to have uh, this feeling? Yeah. All right. It's, yeah, it's, it's like... He's, he's cursed. He's yeah. cursed. <laughs> things are not. Things are not going well. And he, ostensibly, the song is kind of like, to it's being sung at the heavens or at like, at God, at the memory of this woman, and he's yeah. You're kind of he, he's questioning your entire like existence on this mortal plane. Like we yeah. know why literally like. What what the fuck am I doing here? Why and we're back to we're back to Greek tragedy. Yeah. yeah Why exactly. was I born to love you when you don't even care about me? He's uh it's really all in the tone though and all the of the way the song sounds, which is just like kind of has this gentleness to it that is as if to say like nothing nothing you can do about it, buddy. Yeah. Sorry. But uh, we're all rooting for you, but <laughs> right, uh, yeah. you're fucked. Chin, chin up, buddy boy. Chin up and walk on. But uh, I'm a poor fool. What can I do? He says. Yeah, there is a degree of you know, kind of uh, you know, acceptance. I think to the song, uh, to the to the lyric, to the the spirit. You know, it's not. It's not too glum even the sad ones on this like the really well, deep dark sad ones on this record like this one like there is a you know the the it's not too just like downer well because that's the thing about the placement of this song in particular it's really genius because you've gone through all of this record all of these songs about the ups and downs the fact that one song you'll have it in your hand and you're cherishing it and then the next song it's being ripped away and this song is about somebody asking why and it's like the whole record is about why because that's what it's like to be the man on the street that's what it's like to be (laughs) a human being is you don't get to know why it's just that this is what it is you get to love people and then you get your heart broken and then it happens again and again if you're happy there's somebody who's not and it'll switch around and that's what this record's about so i i love that this is the end of this of this record cuz it's kind of like uh see uh, read above <laughs> like right. it brings it all full circle yeah all back well home um I was just listening to a song on Spotify in the background and, and it ended and it auto started auto playing and it went into changing of the guards, which I could not imagine a less appropriate <laughs> what, transition. What a transition. <laughs> from, yeah. why was I well, that one's kind of Greek tragedy too. Yeah. Know? So something like that. A Roman or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> triplicate folks. How many, well, speaking uh, of speaking of street legal, yes. you guys talked about this on an earlier, um, one of these Sinatra albums, but I think that was the that was the era where he tried to record like right after Stardust. I think he went. He's, I read he went to his like Walter Yetnikoff at the label and was like, "I want to do a standards album." Right. And it was like you know, shove off, go record Street Legal. Yes. So so maybe maybe uh your streaming platform of choice is making that connection. Yeah, maybe it knows more than I do. Um, <clears throat> boy, yeah, 1978 Bob Dylan standards would be amazing. Uh, you know, I'm glad that if we only got one dose of standards that it's this dose of standards. I think this is the right 
era and mood and template for uh, this kind of musical project, but boy, would I would I kill to hear you know a new pony version of Bragan or something. did a couple <laughs> standards with uh, with Petty and the Heartbreakers. Yeah, <laughs> that, are, that episode, are pretty close. Yeah, Lucky we, Old we, Son. Yeah. Well, yeah, we talked about uh, Lucky Old Son on there. I think all my tomorrows too. I was talking to Stan Lynch for, a, for an interview. I'm going to run, and we talked about that a little. Incredible. Um. All right. Well, we did it. How many <laughs> you, stars you were? You cannot say? say that we didn't do it. You <laughs> cannot say that we did not talk about all thirty songs on Triplicate. You absolute sickos and psychopaths. You, you out can't there. say that we didn't talk about like every Bob Dylan album after nineteen sixty seven. We've done it. We've done it. We did. What we it's over. It's a, yeah. <laughs> this is it. Like Never. really, the main. Part of what we set out to do is complete. So has been accomplished. We'll we'll move on, but uh, we'll we'll keep doing Bob stuff as it. Uh, it you know, it, this is not the end of the show. It's not the end of the show. It's not the end of talking about Bob Dylan, but we will be talking about other artists, uh, other musicians in the future. And um, before we do, though, I, I want I just think that uh, I, I want to thank Ian for being my uh, mm. my co-host through all of this project, which has been uh, gone way further than, than I thought it would. <laughs> None of us ever thought it would go. And uh, I, I, it's, I, we couldn't have done it. Uh, I couldn't have done it without him. Uh, we couldn't have done it uh, without you, the listener. Uh, thank you. And I think we all can give this record three stars, obviously. It's <laughs> the most appropriate three-star review ever we got to give it three threes yeah the the everything's about threes bob wanted it to be three that is a good point he does say something in that interview about like three is a mystical number or something yeah i was just gonna look that up like and, right and at it, the start i think that's like how he comes out with because three is the uh the number of completion it's a lucky number and it's symbolic of light wow there you go <laughs> going back going back to to uh chronicles it's all about it's not about twos it's about, it's about threes. the threes it's man. about the threes <laughs> yeah three stars four triplicate the album composed of three albums uh we love it here um Thank you so much for yeah, wasting you, two hours of your life away. I cannot, uh, I cannot uh, thank you again enough for your your uh, stamina in going through <laughs> all thirty of these songs with us. No, man, I love it. Thanks for having me. Um, once again, uh, I guess uh, folks out there, you heard it uh, once before, but uh, flagging down the double E's and uh, Ray on Twitter and uh, cover me, right? Yeah. Flagons then Dylan newsletter cover me is the covers blog. There you go. If you just can't Great get title, enough, by the way, cover me. I love it. If you yeah, can't... there's a couple books too. Cover me and uh, the I'm your fan. Uh, thirty three and thirty three and thirty. Yeah, I mean we're talking my my two extremely niche interests. We got cover songs as one of them, and like Dylan stuff is the other. And so I mean that's why where we, we are. That's we why could not we get a, we could not get anyone better here. Um, I was gonna say something and now I've forgotten. Well, I guess it must not be very important. Uh, thank you for joining us, folks. Jokerman. I used 
Fly. 